Yes. Welcome to uh, Thoughts from Lucky Street. <laughs> well, I am honored to have been selected. I'm looking forward to this uh, and all your questions and whatever information uh, that, that I might have and be able to share with you. So we'll go ahead and we'll walk through this and let me know what you need. And I've got the uh, um, the actually agenda in front of me. So cool. yeah, we'll just kind of we'll just kind of talk through it. And um, okay. as you as you know, uh, you you actually inspired me and Aaron to kind of start this Lucky Street uh, motto or project of ours. And um, so we're you know I'm happy that you're on here and we can kind of talk through these things. Well, I hope it it becomes the family legacy, Lucky Street. Yeah, I'd like to see it go, you know, and and I really appreciate you and Aaron running downfield with the ball and doing something with it because if I was much young, if I was younger and more time and I could do something now, but um, you guys, I'm really I'm really proud of you and it's inspirational for me to to watch you guys and expand your your minds and 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 uh, overviews on different things because there's just life. I've been very fortunate in a number of ways with life. And, and uh, one of them, of course, is, is all your grandkids and kids and everything with family. So any way I can help it. I hope it becomes, I was telling Grandma, I said, I hope this is a, this will be the legacy when, you know, two or three or four or five generations from now. What's this Lucky Street stuff? All the labels on all our clothes say Lucky Street. Yeah? <laughs> that's right. And that's, got, that's, the, that, that's the goal, right? So. Well, I was saying we could start it, you know, and it started as a nonprofit, then we could flip it to a profit, you know, once you get your label and everything, you know, get your licensing in order. <laughs> right. Patent it. Patent the idea. <laughs> so, yeah, for, you know, for, the, I guess, the, the first question for everyone listening, um, how, how did Lucky Street come about? Well, it's interesting that what had happened, I always remember when I was younger and ambitious, like you guys, you and Aaron. And uh, for some reason, uh, even a lot of my friends would always say, man, John, you're the luckiest guy, you know. But it's really funny how uh, there's not much of a difference between lucky and work. It's very close, meaning, mm -hmm. you know, the two. And uh, anyway, people would say, man, you're so lucky. And I said, let me tell you how lucky I am. I'm so lucky that and I'm going to have you join with, with me. And tomorrow morning when I get up, I'm going to call you when I get up, which is probably about 5.30 or 6. And then when I go to bed at night between 11.30 and 12, I'm going to give you another call. Oh, no, don't do that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because we're so lucky, you know. And I wanted to bring that to the fold on, on, on Lucky, too. And I said, you know, it'll be like living on Lucky Street. And so I used to get a kick out of that, and, and I got a lot of miles on that over the years. And then what happened is we moved to the Kansas City house, which is, was on Liberty Street, and I met Bob Robertson across the street. Mm -hmm. And Bob and I became very good friends and still Big are. Bob. He's in Big Bob, what a wonderful friend and guy he is. Yeah. I talk to him at least once a week, every two weeks, and we call and talk. And we lived on a street called Liberty Street. And so we were at breakfast. We used to go to breakfast all the time, ride bicycles. We spent a lot of time together. Of course, you spent a lot of time with us, too. Mm -hmm. And then we finally decided with us. And then one day I was telling him, I said, we ought to name this street Lucky Street, because he was another one that has a lot of good things that happen associated with work. You know, right. So, we tie, we cut it, and so that kind of what really pushed the lucky street, kind of right. 
acronym, you know, that, that we use. Or we'll just, and then it was so funny. And then so when you kids, particularly, I think Airman was one of the first ones. He's a little older than you are. Uh, I used to use it with your grandkids if, if something would happen, like looking for a parking spot. And I go, we'll just park in this spot. And well, what about it? It's all full, Grandpa. And I go, don't worry about it. You know, we'll find something. And all of a sudden, we drive up, and there'll be a spot for us in front of the place. And they go, I can't believe this. And I go, well, that's because we live on Lucky Street, you know. <laughs> and that's how it came about. Well, what happened was, so years go by, and you guys would get bits and pieces of Lucky Street and all that. You hadn't put it together yet. And Aaron was with his mom one day, and they were going to pull somewhere. And Aaron says, well, pull over here, kind of pulling the same thing that, that I was doing. Pull over mm-hmm. here where we'll find us in. And they pulled into it, and there was a spot, and they pulled in, and he goes, well, you know why we got this, don't you? And she goes, no, why? He goes, because we live on Lucky Street. <laughs> that's, that's when he kind of really took it took it down down for another touchdown, you know, down the field. So, right. uh, and then after that, when he got a hold of it and started shaking the tree, and then you and Jer- you know, and your brother Jake and the other kids started getting on it, we started using it more. It became more uh, popular for us, you know, to as a, an acronym uh, to use Lucky Street, and then. I remember when I had those lucky. I wanted to have the lucky street sign, street sign made for you, mm-hmm. and so I checked about prices. I was going to have it done in metal because most of them are all metal on the street sign. I didn't want to do that, so I just took a went to a copy printing shop and had them make one up, designed it, and made it up, and then had it laminated. And that's when I gave it to you grandkids about three or four years ago for Christmas gifts. Yeah, yeah read, I still have it. Yeah, you read the back of it where it says "Look good, work hard, dig money." You know. Yeah, that's perfect because yeah, um, I, 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 over the years, I've noticed that, like, you know, it's it's all, like, you know, for fun and games, the Lucky Street part. But, but really, I've come to realize that, you know, it it's just through watching you and my dad and everything and everyone, it's really hard work and, like, just having an optimistic mindset that these yeah. opportunities come about. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, w- one of the things we'll talk about is, is make, creating, taking advantage of opportunities that most people look by and don't see, but because lucky and work are closely associated words, mm-hmm. and uh, to put them together, most people can't put them together. That's the problem. And right. That, that creates job security for us. <laughs> right. Right, right. Now I, I remember uh when we were well, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, you uh well even before that, you know, you you've always told us how like you kinda grew up in like basically the slums. Yeah. And yeah. um that was like your childhood and uh you know, can you can you kinda talk about that? How you yeah, actually yeah. grew up? I know I and but my parents, my parents, I was basically a, a war baby. I was born during the Second World War. My my parents, my dad was in the Navy fighting Germans over in the Atlantic, and, and my mother um, uh, lived with her mother, who was blind, and they lived in a tenement housing in New York City in the slums, and that's where I was born. I only lived there, though, till I was two years old. And this is an interesting story. When my father got out of the Navy, discharged, and um, he decided, him and my mom, that they wanted to move as far away from, from New York City as they could get. Mm-hmm. Well, but what they did is my dad had bought a car that that was financed, and the t- 
tires weren't very good and everything they owned was they put on the top of the car mm-hmm. and they took my blind grandmother and my mom and my dad of course that drove and my brother and I I was two years old two and a half my brother was about six months old they drove to California because that's where all the jobs were for the opportunities after the Second World War. All right. the shit. So my dad went to L.A. first and could not find work in L.A., so then he went to San Francisco Bay Area, and he answered an ad that said it was a powder company. And he thought when it said powder that it meant cosmetic powders. Well, come to find out it was dynamite. <laughs> oh. So he ended up working for a, a company called Atlas Dynamite Company. And uh, that's where, so he got a job, and then he worked his way up from forum. My mother had a seventh-grade education, and my father had a ninth-grade education. Either wow. one of them graduated from high school. And they were emphatic about my brother and I, of course, finishing high school and then anything thereafter, you know, that we could do. But they really pushed education. But they were extremely hard workers because they wanted to be successful and wanted to be good providers for their family, but they but they knew they knew work would take them there. And that's where I got my work ethic was primarily my mother was very smart and my dad wanted my mom back then to stay at home and raise his two boys to be a stay-at-home mother. So my dad worked a couple of jobs where he, we could do that as a family. And uh, and and we had a lot. And eventually they turned things around and we ended up having a decent childhood as we got older. But it started off pretty rough. And they, But I created a lot of that. A lot of the habits I got from them, I think, was because – they had been through the depression in different places in their life, and they got right. passed and they got incorporated and passed down to me. Um, as far as my mother was very good with finances, and they did quite well um, at, the, at the end of the day when when they finished up with uh, with their lives. You know, my dad always always worked hard, but always what he ended up being a warehouse foreman is primary what he did, but. They were both good people, hard, extremely hardworking, and, and they were very good providers and very responsible, and and all that. That's how they came. That's how we come to. That's how we ended up in in California and uh, kind of the childhood. So, yeah. yeah. So I take it your your parents didn't have like any large inheritance, you know, like some sort of um, millions of dollars that came your way. <laughs> like no. every everything. Everything from what I remember, I mean, we were growing up around you guys, uh, right. you and Grandma, and you guys always had, you know, Corvettes, the lake house, boats, sailboats, <laughs> all these toys and properties. But you know, you weren't yeah. you weren't some like millionaire or billionaire like Jeff Bezos. So no. I no. guess you you just like honestly just worked your ass off. <laughs> essentially, you know, you essentially you work, but you know, and fortunately. You know, when you when you work, that's why I always would encourage your you kids to kind of follow your passion because work is such a big part of your life, and and that's one of the things you know in in life, Jared. To me, is 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 a balancing act. You know, like a a, a fella who who uh, throws has the three balls that he rotates in his hands. What do they call that when they uh, you can take two balls, you take the two balls in, in your three hands. What do they when they uh, juggle? Juggler, like, you know, like a juggler or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what life is. There's three elements in life to me that, that that really pertains to that you have to balance it. I always go to number one is family is one of the balls that you're, you're family. The other one is your career. And then the other one is your religious preference. And mm-hmm. and those 
any and so as you're juggling these balls all the time, these three balls, you've got to keep in the air. If you let one of those balls fall down, it upsets the apple cart, so to speak. Right. That makes so because you got to stop and pick the balls up and stop the other balls stop. Right. So those three key elements in life, if you can keep those three in balance, you'll be successful. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? That does. Yeah, it does. It makes makes a lot of sense. There's there's a I forgot who it was. There's a general or a colonel or something that came and spoke to us one time at the academy, and they're like the that basically that balancing act, you know, you have like, you only have 24 hours in a day and six to eight of those hours are sleeping. So you got to find a way to like squeeze in the family time, the work time and like some sort of physical exercise all in that like 14 to 16 hours. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where time management comes in, which I'm a big advocate of time management. You know, you only Mm -hmm. have, and that's why I don't like to waste time. And uh, I'm not much of a big game player, and I think one of the reasons I get bored easily. But I just feel if I'm not being productive or doing something productive, I don't I don't like that. I like to be productive, and I love making things happen. And fortunately, I got a decent mind, creative mind, to make things happen. That's always been my kind of my expertise, my gift. I believe everybody has been given a gift, and mine was being able to put things together and and make things happen. You know, and, and I love doing that, and I love people. And I love mentors and have wonderful friendships, and that's another very important part of success. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Do you believe that hard work and dedication, like, trumps everything, or do you think there's a combination of things? I think there's a combination. I think that a strong work, a strong, I said it was work ethic. I like to hear the word strong work ethic in in conjunction with a positive attitude. Mm Mm-hmm. And and then the and the byproduct of that will be um the discipline, dedication, trust, passion, integrity, team player. Another one key word that and I think it's really important for people your age when you're getting started is the level of professionalism. There's no substance mm-hmm. for professionalism. Mm-hmm. It's very important and, and a lot of you don't even hardly hear the word anymore. Right. But, that has been a real strong instrument in in uh, in my growth. Has been uh, being professional and being with people. When I would go to a job, right, would take an opportunity. I would look around and I would always pick out one person there that I wanted to be in that position. And if I did, if there was no one in that job company I went to work for, then it probably wasn't the right job for me. Right. And, I would I would always end up with what I wanted through hard work and I would one of the other things that, that would help drive a person too is there's a lot of people I was always the guy that would take the job that nobody wanted. But I didn't look at it like it was a terrible job. I looked at it as an opportunity to show them my skill set. Not that I could do it, but I had the resources though to get it to get the answers, to get the job done to produce the results. And that's what they want is results. Right, right. And and that's another another one that you you want to you want to make sure you can drive home to is well everybody goes oh I wouldn't do that for anything or whatever well then I'll take it because uh, you're you're creating an opportunity and prove, being able to prove yourself to people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what. I, yeah, I hear I hear a lot of people and like uh, some people that I even know like will just automatically shoot down an idea or not take some sort of opportunity that's offered to them because 
basically they just simply don't want to do it or they don't like it or it doesn't, you know, intrigue. It's like sometimes you just got to, like, do something. You got to just do it and uh, see where it leads you from there. Um, yeah. Well, everything has a risk factor, Jared. Everything is associated with a risk factor. And and that's how you have to look at it. And, and, and then the other word that I like to use is ROI, which is another acronym for return on investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for me, too, and I always try to drill that into your grandkids, too, and the kids is you're only going to get out of something what you put in it. If you don't put any money in the bank, don't go to the bank looking for a big loan or a bunch of money. If, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if, if you get married and you don't put any effort into the marriage and you don't and, and you don't bone up and do things together and work on it and work on things, guess what? It's probably not going to work. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's true. Same. And same with your career. You're only going to get out of your career what you put into it. If you're there every day and you, and you're one of the top guns there, um, guess what? You're going to be recognized and you're going to be successful. It's not an accident that most of these things happen. But everybody thinks that everybody's looking for the free ride. Sort mm-hmm. of looking for the the handout or help yeah. me like the big lotto, the big lotto ticket. They got the big ticket in their pocket. They just bought it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I never well, liked the on that one myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as we uh, kind of wrap up here, Grandpa, I guess the last kind of question here is, you know, how, how many times have you failed in your life? Or, like, what's your most notable failure, failure? And, like, what did you learn from it or take away from it? That was the easiest question because I've had a lot of them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a give on that one, but... I'll tell you the one that really got my attention, though. Uh, you know, I'm also scuba certified diver. I've been very uh-huh. fortunate in being able to do all these things in life, but a couple of us took a course when I was working for Texaco in the accounting department, and we used to go uh, diving up in the Pacific there for abalone. So we wanted to go down and go, we had to wear wetsuits and all that kind of stuff, and, and, uh, and we wanted to get certified with tanks. So I took the course, and it was a YMCA course, and, um, oh, I think it was like 12 weeks, uh, one or two nights a week, and we'd spend half the time in the swimming pool and the other half in the classroom study, the physics part of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I, I, I did fine with the, the swimming part and everything. And the other part I kind of took lightly, you know, the, the school, the classroom part of it, I thought, oh, oh my mind's pretty strong. I got overconfident. I can, <laughs> I can remember this part, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, so I take the test at the end with all my my buddies and I. There were three of us, and there and there were uh, there were about half the class or I wasn't the only one. It was close to half the class that didn't get that didn't uh, pass, and I was one of them that didn't pass. And I only missed it by a couple of points, but what's a couple of points? It might as well be a couple hundred points. You didn't make it, okay? Right. That really crushed me. I, I just was so embarrassed, I was so angry at myself because I didn't study as I knew I was lacking that I should have studied. I was off on another tangent doing something else or I had too much on my plate. I'm not making excuses. But for whatever reason, I didn't study and I didn't take it serious. And I failed the test. And I was so angry and mad I immediately the next course I signed up for and then I got 100% on the written test. <laughs> I love it. The amount the amount of times that I've done that, like through the academy, and actually even to get my uh, driver's permit, I failed the test like two times because I got overconfident. Yeah, and I knew it all. It's oh, yeah, yeah. Man. I think that we learn we learn a lot by error, and again with risk. And I've had a lot of different things in, in the um, 
you know, that's like the person who doesn't accomplish you to do anything doesn't know what failure is, you know, and most people that are successful know exactly what failure is. Mm-hmm. Failure is part of the formula to success. Right. And you have to learn to persevere and uh, through those failures. Absolutely. And, and learn through those and become a and every day, even I wake up even I just turned seventy seven and I still when I'm sometimes I'll be laying in bed and I'll say, How can I I try to be a better person every day? I try to be a little better every day in something, you know, a better husband, a better grandfather, a better friend, uh, um a better citizen, you know, just I just wanna try to better myself, you know, and and uh to to get along with everybody, you know, and, and, and in my next life and everything too, you know. So I it's all tied together but uh but no failure is part of the is 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 kind of part of it. Look at guys like Trump. Yeah, you know, he's been bankrupt a couple times. So right. they've all been through it, but it's the ones that have no failures but they don't have anything either. Right. <laughs> they right. never took the risk, you know. So um you learn from your failures and, and uh and I, that's a that's part of life. Failure is part of life, and it's it's not a fun part, but it's a very. When do you learn the most, Jared? You learn the most is when you fail, is when you get mad at yourself or whatever. That's when you learn the most. Yep. You know, I used to use exercise real quick, and then I'll wrap this up like a target. And if you drew a target at the center, you have you know, like a you know a bow and arrow like the like the fine target, the store target. Mm-hmm. The very center, you could write comfort zone. And then the next layer, you would write uh, awkward zone. And then in the outside layer, the very last layer, would be called the fear zone. Mm-hmm. I used to exercise and training with people. And when do we learn the most? When we're in the fear zone. Yep, yep. That's when you grow. You grow. You reach, you stretch, you grow. You help, you depend on others. And I think another part of life, too, is you got to be a team player, respectful. you got to be respectful of people. Behavior breeds behavior, Jared. If you treat somebody well, 99% chance you're going to get treated back well. You know, there's always a jerk out there here and there. You're going to have those. But all in all, behavior, I'm a strong advocate that behavior breeds behavior. That's right. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So, Couldn't agree more. Well, Grandpa, I appreciate you coming on here for a little while and uh, giving us your thoughts. And again, thank you for giving Aaron and I the idea of Lucky Street and the whole background of it. Well, I'm glad you guys you guys had it and enjoy it and have fun with it. And like I said, if you could turn it into a family legacy and, and the, we'll let the generations and then you can hand, you and Aaron can hand the ball off later to the, to the great grandchildren or whatever, you know, so it could be one of your goals, but, uh, it's been my pleasure, and I just am so proud of our family as a whole, and uh, you kids, and and you know the kids, and and yeah, we all have some problems, no doubt. We're human beings in an imperfect world, but I'll tell you, uh, we got a pretty we got a pretty good thing going, and and I'm just very proud, and I sleep very good at night, and just thinking about how much, you know, love that we all have for one another and respect for one another. It really. Uh, that that's one of the big that's one of the key elements of of the success is to have a peace of mind like that as well that really helps that's right couldn't agree more couldn't agree more well grandpa um i'll let you go and All right. uh, th- thanks again and tell uh grandma said hi and i love her and uh 
No, we we'll love talk you. to you. Talk to you all soon. Well, thanks again for the opportunity, and you give 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 Mary give Mrs. Mrs. Burnett a big hug for us, and we love and miss you guys. We can't wait for you to get up there. We're already trying to get a trip on the board, you know. So once you get settled and get settled in, whether it's this year or next, we'll get it. Try to get it this year if we can. But uh, you're going to be within striking distance because I think we're going to end up in Boise. Oh, good deal. Good deal. So, I think we're going to be about eight or nine hours from you, so we'll make we'll be able to tie that together and all that stuff. So, so life is good, Jared, and we love love and mission. And thanks again for the opportunity. I really enjoyed doing this. And any help I can be, or any questions you have on any of this, you and Araman or whatever you guys got going, um, just call me or or let me know. I'm right there. We'll do, Grandpa. Thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, love you, Jared. Thank you. Bye bye now. Right. Love you. Bye.